Thank you so much for joining us online today at Christ Covenant Church. We hope you sense God's presence and are encouraged by the message. Now, here's Pastor Ryan Weems. Welcome to week number five. Some of y'all don't even know what I'm talking about. There's a World Series going on. You should, you should know that. <laughs> Welcome to week number five and the conclusion of our series called uh, Is This the End? And uh, if, you, if you missed any of the messages, if you're brand new today, um, and, and even if you've been around for a while, you just need to know that every single message, every single series, we've done this for years now, uh, last couple years at least, uh, we put all the messages like on demand on YouTube, um, uh, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all those different places. So if you ever want to find them on there, like, hey, I like today's message, but I missed another one, you can just search Christ Covenant Church Houston, and you can't miss it. You can subscribe if you want to. Of course, don't have to, but they're always there. Our team gets them up a lot of times on Sunday, so later that uh, later today, so you can check that out. But today, I think we saved the best for last. Uh, because the last chapters of Daniel, that's what we've been doing, going through the book of Daniel. The last chapters of Daniel, chapter 7 through 12, they have a lot to say about end times. Like a lot to say. And I think we need a message about the end times. Uh, not to, to scare you. Uh, we're, we're not going to all put in money to buy a bunker somewhere, you know, and like churn our own butter. That ain't going to happen. All right. Um, by the way, if you ever see somebody trying to sell that stuff, just run as fast as you can away from them and keep your money in your pocket. All right. Uh, we're not going to do any of that stuff. But instead, we're going to look at Daniel, but also some words from Jesus because of what's happened in our world, we all see it, right? Like even if you didn't grow up in church, there's some crazy stuff happening, not just around the world, but here in America. And so with all these things happening, uh, God wants you and I to know like, hey, there, there could be some signs here that the end is coming. And what we mean by that is that Jesus is coming back a second time. Does anybody believe that in this house? Okay. And uh, his return is imminent. And so God wants you and I ready for that. So I'm not trying to scare you. I, I, we ain't going to sell anything after the service. I just want you aware. I want you in the know. So today's going to be really interesting as we dig into this very fascinating as we talk about the end times. Uh, and, but instead of going to Daniel like we've been exclusively the last several weeks, I actually want to start with Jesus in Matthew 24. And so if you want to turn there, if you've got a Bible or Bible app, Matthew chapter 24, I'm going to pick up in verse 12 in just a second. And, and by the way, if you don't have a Bible or you lost your Bible or uh, your Bible's in a translation like with some vowels and some arts and all kinds of stuff that you can't, old English can't understand, we will buy you a Bible. We bought two uh, for two awesome people in our church, new people that they're actually gonna be giving away this last week. We have some free ones in the back. Uh, you can steal Bibles from this church, okay? Like that's cool, it ain't even stealing with us. Like take a Bible. Y'all know y'all got 10 of our pens anyways, okay? Let's be real. And uh, we got them too. <laughs> You're good. They cost like one penny. But anyways, and so... If you don't have a Bible, want a Bible, we'll buy you a nice one, leather bound, all that kind of stuff. Uh, it can be a big Bible you can also use as a weapon. Just let us know. We'll get it to you. Uh, but Matthew 24, I try to get you to laugh a little bit because today is a very serious topic. Uh, Matthew 24. Now, I'd encourage you if you've never read this chapter or really never read much of the Bible, you should read this because Jesus spends a whole chapter talking about the end of the world, end times. It's really, really intriguing. But I kind of want to set it up for you and I'll read a few verses before we get to Daniel, which is another book in the Old Testament actually. Uh, but in Matthew 24, Jesus' disciples come to him and they ask him questions. And if you don't know what his disciples, uh, who they are, they were his followers. 
and he had lots of them, but specifically 12 that he spent every day with, and even three, like an inner circle. And so the 12 come to him, they're like, Jesus, what is going on in our world? They even thought this back then. And they ask him some questions like, hey, when is the world gonna end? They want a date and a time, you know, so they can schedule, like, when is it gonna end? And they say also, they ask him the question, what are some of the signs that like the end is near? Like, like what are some indicators that we can look at to say like the end is coming? Like, for example, um, my wife, we've got three kids. Um, and uh, when she was eight, nine months pregnant with all three, how many all know there were some signs and some indicators that birth was coming soon, right? Like you got the water breaking, you got the contractions. Uh, maybe, you know, for like your wife, if you're married guys, like maybe uh, she, you need to like do some midnight runs to get some yogurt or ice cream or, you know, everything, you know, that kind of deal. Fast food, you know, I know some ladies love pickles, you know, there's like all kinds of root beer floats, I think. Was that one of yours, Isabel? Am I remembering wrong? Like, yeah, kind of. Uh, but anyways, and so there's, there's signs, there's indicators, right? That, 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 a, that a new baby is coming. There's, there's something big that's about to happen. And that's the same way when it comes to the signs of the end of the world. There's some signs, there's some indicators that it's coming here close. And so they asked Jesus those two questions and Jesus talks about it a lot all throughout the chapter. And the first one he answers right away, not as a slide for this, but you just need to know. He says, according to the exact date, the exact time, no one knows. Only, only God the Father. And so that's important for you to get because we live in this YouTube culture that everybody's a preacher and they're like, hey, I figure, you know, they're pushing up their glasses. I figuring out the numbers and the calculations. You know, it's coming. That was a really good impression. I did not plan. Oh, that was good. Wasn't that, baby? Anyways, like, I'm, <laughs> like I figured this out and it's gonna be this day. And there's been a lot of people since like the 80s, at least I can remember that, hey, it's this date come out with a book and then it didn't come. And they're like, you know what? It was actually this year and this year. So anytime you see that or you're tempted, you know, pops up on YouTube again, just run away, run away from that. That's crazy. We had a guy here one time. I've been here almost five years trying to sell me some of that stuff. I said, no, thank you, sir. There's another church right down the street. If you want to go there, like people get caught up in that, that date and time. So Jesus makes it clear. You just need to know, no one knows the exact date or time except for God, the father. But here's also what you need to know, answering that second question. Jesus does say that there are signs. There are indicators. Like God doesn't want you to be caught off guard. And so Jesus, again, Matthew 24, he gives a lot of the signs of like, hey, the end is coming. The end is drawing near. And I just want to hit a, a few of them and then we'll get to Daniel. But Matthew chapter 24, verse 12, I have a giant Bible behind me and just the bottom of your screen online. Here's what it says. Je Jesus talking. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. I think we can all agree that this sign is being fulfilled today, right? If I disagree with you, like you hate the per person now. That's the culture that we have. So increase of wickedness, things are just horrible stuff that no one would approve of 10 years ago. There's so many people, millions that are applauding it because the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. Verse 13 but the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. And that's my heart for you, Christ covenant, that you would stand firm to the end. Verse 14, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world. If you can highlight things, circle things in your Bible or Bible app, do that for whole world. Gospel will be preached to the whole world as a testimony to all nations. So you can circle that, highlight that too. And then the end will come. So notice what Jesus is saying here. 
the gospel, the good news of Jesus is gonna go out to the entire world, but not just the world, all nations. That word in the original language, nations, actually means better translated people groups. So there's more people groups, way more than nations. You know, national borders change every once in a while. Like that, that happens, that's happened throughout history. But there are thousands and thousands of people groups have their own language, own culture, own customs. And so Jesus says that when the gospel gets out to everybody, everywhere, then the end will come. And so that's a huge sign. And here's what you need to know. And this is what I wanna make sure I highlight. This is so interesting. Jesus says that everybody's gonna have a chance, including you, at least one, maybe not more than one, but at least one to choose Jesus or not. And then everybody after they've had that chance, then he's gonna come again. Here's what this means for us. And here's why I think this is such a big deal. We are the only generation, literally, the only generation that can say this is now possible. Like this is just facts, this is just truth. Because of transportation, we can get anywhere at any time, but not only that, because of digital technology. What you have in your lap or in your pocket or in your purse right now, because of that, the gospel is getting out faster and it's going farther than ever before, ever before. Like, so for example, think about this, just logically. Back in the day, we were limited to try to smuggle Bibles into places where you can't bring one. There are countries where you can't bring a Bible in. It's just like you're bringing illegal drugs. Like you, you, they, they sweep for that, they search for that. So back in the day, you had to smuggle them in. You had to have huge crusades in these unreached areas. And all that stuff's good, and we support that financially. We believe in that for sure. But now with this digital technology, we can get the gospel out in safer ways. So for another example, in some areas where you can't get that physical Bible, you can now get the Bible translated and put it on somebody's phone. And we've actually raised money for that as a church. We've given, so like we've been participated in that and we believe in that. People need to have a copy of the scriptures in their own language and that's a big deal. And that's something that we could say that nobody other, no other generation could say. Another example, in our day, in our world, you don't always have to have that physical gathering I was talking about. Again, you can stream a service straight to people's homes. Just like in the same way, Somebody just has to have Wi-Fi or data on their phone in any country and they can watch this service right now, anywhere. And so again, because of this digital technology, the good news is getting out faster than ever before. So just so you know, this sign from Jesus is being fulfilled in our generation. All right, one more verse from Jesus. This is fun. I hope y'all think this is fun. This is fun going through this. Verse 15. So when you see standing in the holy place, the holy place he's referring to is Jerusalem and specifically the temple there. So when you see standing in the holy place, the abomination that causes desolation, circle that, spoken of through the prophet, check that out, Daniel. So here Jesus is affirming everything we've been studying in Daniel. He's like, hey, spoken by Daniel, I'm saying it again. When the abomination that causes desolation happens, let the reader understand. Now, some of you are thinking, that's great, pastor, but this reader doesn't understand. You're like, abomination? I thought that was a character from MCU, right? Like the Marvel Universe. What is going on? 
And if you don't understand, I want you to know that you're at the perfect place. Like you are right where you need to be. And so here's my job today. I work, I work hard on all the messages. I work extra hard on this message. And here's what I wanna do. By the end of it, I believe that it's gonna be clear to you that you're gonna understand it. And God wants you to understand it, by the way. He doesn't want you confused about it. But not only that, this is my pastor always told me, I'm from Dallas, he would say this, I'm gonna take the cookies and put them on the bottom shelf for everybody. That's my job today. So you're gonna walk out understanding what's going on, what are the signs, what's this look like? But then also at the very end, why it all matters, why it matters. But first, I want you to bow your head with me, close your eyes. Let's pray again and kind of recalibrate our hearts and minds. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you do want us to understand about the end times. We see the writing on the wall. We see what's happening in our world, even in our own country. And it's wicked and it's evil. And it seems like all the different boxes that need to be checked when it comes to these signs are being checked. And so I just pray God that you would speak to us. God, I pray that you would deposit faith, not fear inside of every single one of us. And then again, God, you would take us to that place at the very end of the message of why this all matters. God, we love you, we trust you, and I pray especially for those that have not given their life to you. I pray they would know your love and experience and encounter your love, Jesus. You are real and you really love every single person in this room and in other rooms online. And may they feel that and know that and sense that today. And we ask all this in Jesus' mighty name we pray, amen. Amen. If you have a Bible or the YouVersion Bible app, uh, turn with me now to Daniel. Daniel chapter 9, uh, verse 24. I'll read you a few verses from Daniel today. And again, really cool stuff that we're going to talk about. Uh, but Daniel chapter 9, verse 24. Daniel's hard to find, so you can use your index if you're not on the app. But Daniel 9, verse 24, I'm going to jump right in. Here's what Daniel says. And this is a prophetic vision that he gets from God, Okay. Daniel 9, verse 24. Seventy sevens are decreed for your people and your holy city, Jerusalem, to finish transgression, to put an end to sin, and to atone for wickedness, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy place. Again, Jerusalem, verse 25. Know and understand this. God wants you to understand it. Know and understand this. From the time the word goes out to restore and rebuild Jerusalem until the anointed one. This is so stinking cool. The anointed one is Jesus. He is predicting Jesus hundreds of years. Like he called his shot led by God and he makes his shot. It's awesome. So rebuilding Jerusalem until the anointed one, the ruler comes and there will be seven sevens. I'll break this down seven sevens and 62 sevens, and it will be rebuilt, speaking of Jerusalem, with streets and a trench, but in times of trouble. Verse 26, after the 62 sevens, the anointed one, Jesus, will be put to death. He calls the shots and will have nothing. The people of the ruler who will come will destroy the city and the sanctuary. You've gotta see this. Now, Daniel in this vision, he's gone from Jesus, the anointed one, to another person, another ruler. And again, I'm gonna break it all down. So we talked about Jesus, the anointed one. He's gonna die so we could be forgiven of our sins, but now he's moved to another ruler here. The people of that ruler, that other person, will come to destroy the city and the sanctuary. The end will come like a flood. 
War will continue until the end and desolations have been decreed. He, speaking of this other person, will confirm a covenant with many for one seven. So this is a period of seven years. That's how you multiply these numbers, one times seven. In the middle of the seven years, this other person will put an end to sacrifice and offering. And at the temple, so the church building there in Jerusalem, at the temple, he will set up an abomination that causes desolation. That's the phrase that Jesus quotes. The abomination that causes desolation. And until the end that is decreed is poured out on him. And so here's what Jesus references. And here's what I believe in. And this is pretty unanimous, but not all the way. But I believe this last seven is the seven year tribulation at the end of it all. And so here's what this looks like. And here's how this reads as you study it. Then that during the tribulation, that last seven years, like it's gonna be rough and it's gonna be difficult. And there's gonna be this other person, this other ruler. I'll tell you who it is. It's the antichrist. Jesus talks about this. Of course, Daniel does. Not only that, it's talked about a lot in the book of Revelation. A year ago, all those messages are on YouTube. I did a series going through the book of Revelation. If you're interested in that subject, you can find it. All those different places talked about the beginning. But a seven-year period, and what's going to happen is that Antichrist in the middle, they're going to act like they're good at the beginning, and in the middle, they're going to flip the script. And if you know history, which a lot of you do know this, that's what dictators do. They get buy-in at the beginning. They're good. Oh, I'm going to do all this great thing for you. And they just want people bought in. And then they flip the script. And that's what the Antichrist is going to do, but way worse than ever before. And what this abomination that causes desolation is, what Jesus talked about, Daniel talked about being led by God, is the Antichrist in the middle of that seven years will set up a statue in the temple of God there in Jerusalem and make a decree that everybody has to worship him. And this is the abomination that causes desolation. And then again, there's only a little bit time left, three and a half years or so until more things start to happen. And so Jesus predicts this, Daniel talked about it led by God and you need to understand and know what this is. Now, as you look at that whole passage in Daniel 9, uh, just kind of 30,000 foot view, I know it can be really confusing, right? You got the numbers and the multiplying and all this kind of stuff. And, and I don't wanna lose you, like I'm a little bit nervous about that. And so I, I wanna just highlight something really cool for you, okay? From Daniel 9, especially for those that are, are, are not believers or followers of Jesus. Again, you pick the right place to be. Like you don't have to believe to belong here. Can I get an amen from the Christ covenant family? Like, like you come just as you are. Uh, we do believe though, you hang around long enough, you gonna jump in the pool, okay? We, we do believe that. And we're gonna keep making much of Jesus. We don't, we, like we will, uh, but you come just as you are. But if you don't believe in Jesus or maybe you're on the fence, this is especially for you. But as you look at Daniel 9, you can see specifically one of the prophecies that Daniel makes. And again, he calls his shot and he makes it uh, with hundreds of years of space in between. I wanna kind of highlight it for you, point it out, just make it as simple as possible. I want you to look at verse 25 of what we read. If you got the Bible open, here specifically, Daniel predicts the date uh, or two different blips, I should say, on a history timeline. He talks about that there's gonna be this date where Jerusalem, the holy city, is rebuilt. And that happened a few times with the outer walls. But Daniel gives us a detail. He says, not just the city in general, but also the streets. Do you remember reading that? 
So there's going to be a date that the holy city, Jerusalem, the walls, the streets, trench, everything are going to be rebuilt. And then he gives those multiplication numbers, right? Then he talks about, let's see here, it's the seven sevens plus the 62 sevens. And so you've got the date Jerusalem's rebuilt, then the seven sevens and the 62 sevens. Now, I just went to Bible college, but I did use my calculator on my phone, and that gives you 483 years. And so once Jerusalem is rebuilt, you should be able to count down to 483 years to that second event, and that's when the anointed one, Jesus, would enter Jerusalem, okay? So he's got two different blips on the history timeline here. Jerusalem being rebuilt, you should count down 483 years, and then the anointed one should enter Jerusalem. Calls his shots, and he ends up making his shots. And here's what's so cool about this, because some of you are like, well, you can't use the Bible to interpret the Bible. Okay, fair, I'll roll with you on this. Look at historical facts, like outside of the Bible, and this is awesome. Research it if you don't believe me, like, like, but, but, but do your research, it's awesome. And so we find out that the specific historical date when Jerusalem was rebuilt, including the streets and everything, I've got it down here, March 14th, 445 BC. Now, if you follow the Bible like I do, that's found in Nehemiah um, chapter two, I believe. But March 14th, 445 BC is the date, historical fact that Jerusalem, the walls, the city streets, everything was rebuilt. So again, you should be, according to Daniel, be able to count down 483 years. And so people have done that. Scholars have done that. And as you use their ancient calendar and, and, and turning it into our current calendar, because they're a little bit different, you get to April 6th, 32 AD. And guess what? That is exactly 483 years between those two dates. It's incredible. It's breathtaking. Not only does he predict this, but some of y'all remember this in three of the four gospels, but Jesus, when he enters Jerusalem, that's the whole scene where they lay down their, their jackets and you got the palm branches and what did they cry out? The people, Hosanna, Hosanna. I think that's pretty stinking cool that Daniel being led by God could predict and again, historical facts back it up. And by the way, if you're on the fence about Jesus, historians aren't. It's a historical fact that Jesus was born and alive in our day. The fact that they dispute is the resurrection. And I've talked about that a lot of how that's actually true. But again, Jesus here is predicted by Daniel, and we've got the two history timelines where you should be able to count down 483 years, and you can. Calling your shot and making it. All right, a few more verses from Daniel. Let's have some more fun here. I want to show you another sign about the end times, and then I want to, again, spend some time talking about why this matters. Like, why does it matter? Turn to Daniel 12, verse 1. If you still got the Bible open. Daniel, by the way, as you're turning there, he predicts a lot of historical things. You should research it on your own. He predicts Alexander the Great, which no one debates that that was a real person. And like he predicts that. It's so much that happens in chapter 7 through 12. But in chapter 12, verse 1, Daniel gets another prophetic vision by God. And here's what he says. Or here's what he hears. At that time, Michael, the great prince who protects your people, will arise. This is one of the archangels, Michael, who shows up different times in the Bible. There will be a time of distress, such as not happened from the beginning of nations until then. But at that time, your people, everyone whose name is found written in the book will be delivered. 
multitudes who sleep in the dust of the earth will awake. So this is the resurrection at the end. And some to everlasting life, there's those that chose Jesus and others to shame and everlasting contempt, those that decided not to give their life to Jesus. Verse three, and those who are wise, this is what I want so desperately for you, church, that you would be wise. Those who are wise will shine like the brightness of the heavens. I love that phrase, brightness of the heavens. And those who lead many to righteousness, like the stars forever and ever. So that's those that share their faith in Jesus. But you, Daniel, roll up and seal the words of the scroll until the time of the end. And I wanna focus on this last sentence with this sign. Many will go here and there to increase knowledge. So Daniel being led by God gives another sign, another indicator that birthing pains, that something big's about to happen, that the end of the world is drawing near. He says a couple of things here in this last sentence that many will go here and there. I've already talked about that, right? With travel, that we're not limited. Like, I mean, people even travel if they got a lot of money to outer space now, right? Like we're not limited in that area. Many will here and there. And what are they gonna do that for? To increase knowledge. And more than any other generation, this increase in knowledge is happening at an astronomical rate. Like, think about this. Like some of y'all that are teenagers and younger don't even know a world besides this. But for everybody else, you grew up in a world that if you didn't know something, you didn't know it. But now if you don't know something, you Google it. That's not just a huge company that's taken over the world right before our eyes, but it's a verb, Google it, right? Did you Google it? If you don't Google it, what else? And they own this too. You watch a video on YouTube, right? I can't tell you how many videos I've watched trying to work on my car to do different things and I just make it more broke, you know? That's bad English, but it's correct in my life. <laughs> but like there's the whole generation that grew up not having that. If you didn't know it, you just didn't know it. And so you could pretend to know a lot more stuff back then because nobody could double check you, right? But now you Google it or, or it's, I'm telling you, it's an increase in knowledge, it's a sign. I don't have my phone with me, but you got your phone on your lap in your pocket or your purse. And, and you know this, you've heard this illustration probably before, especially in Houston, uh, but like you have more technology, more computing power in your phone than they did to get a man on the moon originally. Like that's the increase in knowledge. You can ask Siri anything, right? And hope my Apple Watch didn't kick on right there, but you can ask Siri and you, you can get that information. You can, you can figure things out. There's an increase in knowledge. It's crazy what's happening in our world. What, what do we have? We have artificial intelligence, AI. And I just hope and pray it doesn't take over the world like in Terminator, y'all. Watch out for Skynet, right? Like, like, it's just crazy. I read this this last week and I didn't even get it all the way, but it like blew my mind. I read this last week that the digital universe of data doubles in size every two years and has now reached over 44 zettabytes. I don't even know what that is, but it sounds big. <laughs> zettabytes. <laughs> I'll tell you what that means is information overload. And Daniel, being led by God, there's a vision. He, he predicts, hey, this is going to happen. It's an increase in knowledge. According to the Bible, it's one of the signs of the end times. Now, everybody, just, just bear with me for a moment, but we just take a breath for a second, just in, out, right? Wax on, wax off. Just like take a breath. I, I know this is very heavy, 
I know this is very serious. And so again, like, like why does this matter? I'll tell you this, and some churches maybe differ on this, but this is where I land. I think it's where God wants us. But I tell you all these facts and figures, and we could go on and on. Uh, but I tell you all this not to make you afraid. Uh, I, I tell you all this not so you can know more than your Christian friend that lives in another city. Like that, that's not the point. That's not why we're talking about this today. The reason all this matters, and this is what I believe, is that you and I are called, here's my sermon in a sentence, here's the big thought, big idea. The reason why this matters is that you and I are called to make an eternal difference with our lives now. This is why this matters. Everybody just looking at me for a second, but you are called to make a difference. You are. It's not just go to work, go to school, pay some bills and repeat the process. Like there's a calling, there's a purpose on your life. I'll say it to you this way. This life is not just about this life. There's more. And what I'm about to say, it's not politically correct, but, but y'all just get used to that if you wanna be at this church because it's not how we roll here. It's not PC, remember it's BC, Bible correct. And they may mute us on Facebook, that's cool. But like, here's, here's our stance and we believe it, hook, line and sinker. We believe that heaven and hell are real places. It's not a third option. There's some people that teach, and we've got so many people from a Catholic background, which is just awesome. We reach so many people. So I'm not trying to, um, I'm not trying to disrespect anybody, but I just want to tell you, if you read the Bible cover to cover, there is no such thing as purgatory. That is a man-made thing. I'm not trying to offend you or whatever. I'm just preaching truth. And so it's not like, hey, you get to purgatory and then you got a second chance to work your way to heaven. That's not how Christianity works, by the way. You can't work your way to God. You're only saved by the work that's already been done by Jesus on the cross. That's the works part. The work's already been done. And that's the only, only religion, Christianity, that can say that everywhere else you gotta work, you gotta work, you gotta work. No, no, the work's already done. You just receive that gift. And so, so heaven and hell are real places. And you and I will spend eternity in one of those two places. That's facts, that's truth. Believe that, hook, line, and sinker. And so the reason why this end time stuff matters is because I want you ready and God wants you ready. And not just you, but your friends, your family, your neighbors. I know your neighbor maybe drives you crazy. I've had a whole bunch of those neighbors, but God is crazy in love with them. He loves them just as much as he loves you. Are you sure, pastor? I'm sure. <laughs> he does. Flaws and all, he loves us the same. And so again, we are called to make an eternal difference with our lives now. And I want you ready, I want you focused. This life is not just about this life. So this reminds me uh, of my first Easter, my family and I, our first Easter here almost five years ago. It'll be five years next month and we've loved our time here. And I remember leading up to that first Easter and my wife and I were talking about this earlier. I keep pointing, she's right here. Um, but we talked about this this week. But leading up to our first Easter, we had like one of these crazy moments that maybe you've experienced, but, but at night we, we lock our doors and we set our alarms, which you should, by the way, like some of y'all grew up in a generation, we just left it unlocked. If anybody wanted to, no, don't do that anymore. Like, no. And so, so we lock our doors and we set our alarm and it was one of the nights leading up to our first Easter. And my wife, Isabel, she was up late working on something uh, in the living room. And at that time, we only had two of our three kids. One was a baby, so the baby was in a little, what is it called, little 
bassinet. Thank you, Pastor Tony. Bassinet there. And uh, and then and then Luke, our oldest, he was younger and he was sick, I believe, and so he was in the room as well. Which, by the way, free parenting advice. And some of y'all are doing this. You need to stop today. Like, don't have your kids sleep in the bed with you. You need to be doing married things in that bed that would scar your kid for life if they saw them. I don't care who you are. That is good preaching and that is incredible parenting. I'm saving marriages right now. Guys, you're welcome. You're welcome. I'll take payment and credit card. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Totally kidding. Totally kidding. So they're not normally in there, but it worked out that night. Um, And so... So all of a sudden the alarm goes off. This is crazy. All of a sudden the alarm goes off. And again, we had locked the doors, set the alarm, all that. It goes off. So Isabel like runs in. I'm in a, I'm like in a dead sleep. I think she hits her leg on something too, like pretty bad. She runs in, she wakes me up. And how many y'all know, I go from dead asleep to wide awake real quick. Adrenaline is surging through my body and my mind. I'm ready to go. And so Isabel and the kids, they stay in the room. We lock the door. They know that if I don't come back, they call 911. And I do what every good Texas Southern boy does. And I grab my shotgun, y'all. Can I get a witness from somebody? This ain't New York or California. Anyways. I love Texas so much. Like so much, so much. (laughs) So so I I got a 12-gauge shotgun that I inherited from my grandpa who has since passed. And. And uh, it's a pump action. And so normally I've got like a lock on the, the trigger, and, but I do have it loaded and I have it, they're, 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 they're short now. They'll get taller later, but they can't get to it. But I got lock on it as well. But I don't have one in the chamber, but I took the lock off real quick. Um, I, I, of course, cocked it back. And I got one in the chamber now. Safety's off. And literally, like, I wasn't in the military, but I've seen some movies about it, you know? And, uh, and I'm, this this is, I make up stuff sometimes, just so y'all know, this ain't made up, okay? This really happened. Um, evangelistic stories, but no, this really happened. So I'm sweeping through and I'm like, you know, kicking down doors. I didn't do that, but like, that's how I'm feeling. I'm looking behind doors and, you know, I'm looking underneath cabinets, like a grown person couldn't fit in there, but I'm looking and I'm giving hand signals to myself, you know, like, right, right. you know, well, I don't even know. I don't know what that was. I just hit myself in the face actually. But anyways, so I'm going through and I have never been more vigilant for real. Like ask my staff, like I am laser focused. They tease me a lot about it. Like I, 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 I'm, I'm that type A personality. If you know me a little bit, you know that. And, and hey, 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 laughing back there. That's one of my staff. But like, that's just the truth. But I have never been more vigilant than that moment. And here's why. Because nobody was gonna hurt my loved ones. I honestly, I, I, I really, this, this is how I felt. I really believed that somebody was in there and uh, it was either gonna be them dying or me dying. That's really like the mindset that I had. I don't know why you're clapping, that's okay. <laughs> Do you want me to die? Is that why you're, just kidding. I get it, I get it, I get it, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I need y'all laughing a little bit. I know it's heavy, I know it's heavy. But like, that's just, that's just my mindset. And again, I, was, I made sure that I was in between them. I, I made sure that, that they were safe, that they were protected. I was vigilant, I was aware. I was hyper-focused, and I say all that to say this. This is why God's Word talks about the end times a lot. That you would be hyper-vigilant, that you'd be wide awake, eyes wide open, that you would be wise, not caught off guard, that Jesus is coming again a second time. Does anybody believe that in this church? 
His return is imminent. So for you to be focused, but not just for you, there's people in your world, your loved ones, that they need to know the truth about Jesus. Because in the same way that heaven and hell are real for you, it's real for them too. And they're gonna have to make a decision. And God is waiting, he's tarrying. He wants every person to have a chance. And so God wants to use you and I to share our faith. And I know our excuses is like, man, I, I, don't, I don't know what to say. I didn't go to Bible college, pastor. What they asked me a question and I don't know the answer. Welcome to the club. I have so many people ask me questions. Some of y'all, I'm like, I have no idea, but I'll look it up and we'll figure it out together. They don't want you to know all the answers. All you have to do is tell them about what Jesus has done in your life. You don't need to be perfect. Because spoiler alert, they already know you're not perfect. <laughs> you just be real and honest. Hey, Jesus has done this in my life. I believe, yeah, it takes faith for sure. But I believe that he is God and that he did the work on the cross so that I could be forgiven. I can't earn it. I, it's not about being a good person, more good than bad. It's going from death to life. It's going from hell to heaven. That's what, that's what Jesus wants for me and that's what he wants for you. That, that's all people are looking for. They're hurting, they're broken. They just need hope. And hope has a name and his name is Jesus. So I want you wise. And that's why we do services like this. That's why we do events and different things. And we had teenagers get saved on Wednesday night. I believe in faith. We're having people in these services that are giving their life to Jesus. Like it all matters. Why? Because it matters for eternity. So we're called, you and I, to make an eternal difference with our lives now. To serve and to lead people to faith in Jesus. I want to close with this. I know it's been heavy again. But I thought a great way to end the service today would be to share a quick testimony with you. If you've been around the last few weeks, I've been very honest about that, because God is doing so much and we can see it, but you don't get to see everything that I get to see. And so I'm being better at, at sharing those stories and those testimonies with you. And I know it encourages and inspires. And, and we got a testimony recently um, that will really encourage you. And I'll read it here in just a second. But to give you context, um, the elders and I made a decision uh, really, it was before I even got here, it's something God had put on my heart, but we made a decision very early on five years ago uh, that we were going to get to a place if God would allow us to get healthy um, as a church, including financially, um, that we would get to a place where we would tithe as a church. And so we're a church, we've done it the last three or four years, and we have that goal every single year uh, of tithing. And what I mean by that is we set aside in our fiscal year 10% that we give away as a church. And we do more than that with special offerings and things like serve day. Like we do way more than that with benevolence, all that kind of stuff. Um, but to actually designate 10% to give away, which is, that's what tithe means. So we're a church that doesn't just say like you tithe, like my, my wife and I, our kids are tithing, our staff, our elders, so many in this church. But we made that decision. So we made that decision. We've been able to bring on missionaries every year. And by missionary, I mean people that are doing the work of the Lord. So that's here locally in our city, Houston, that's nationally in the United States and of course internationally in world missions. And we have all these listed, all these missionaries on our website if you're interested. It's christcub.net slash missions. We don't say like what's going to, you know, which missionary because they look on our site too. You know, you're trying to get by jealous or anything like that. Uh, but we do list all the missionaries on there. And one of them, this is the testimony, 
One of them is an organization that I've talked about a lot the last several years, but they're called Elijah Rising. And what they do, and we've given beyond just monthly support, which we do, but what they do is they help rescue women and children from sex trafficking in our city. And maybe you don't know this because this won't be on you know, the news and not talked about very much, but it's just facts, it's just truth, that Houston, unfortunately, is a hub for human and sex trafficking. It, it's awful. You should research it. If you don't research anything, research that as well. It's heartbreaking and it breaks God's heart. And sometimes that's even uh, young boys, but it's a lot, a lot of women and then some children. They're kidnapped, they're brought in, smuggled in from other countries and just horrible, horrific. Like it is evil. Talk about wickedness increasing. That's wicked. Can we all agree on that? Like that is wicked, just demonic, just horrible, evil. And so there's, there's, there's organizations like Elijah Rising and there's others that we support, but, but what they do is they kind of do the full spectrum. So they'll help get these women rescued, which is a big deal. Not only that, but they, they take them to these places where they can be healed mentally, physically, spiritually. They have kids, they can bring them with them as well. They even have facilities where they just, they just help them just um, get healthy and grow and just they train them on different things that they can do as like a career afterwards. I mean, it's just awesome, awesome, awesome. What, what this organization does. And so we support them. And here recently, they, they wrote in a testimony and it's gonna encourage you and it's gonna remind you why we do what we do. Can I read it to you? It's really powerful. You could say no, but I was gonna read it to you anyways. <laughs> anyways, <laughs> here's what it says. Dear Christ Covenant Church, as part of our restorative care program, women who have been rescued, they attend classes in our education center for survivors. In a recent class period, they were having a discussion about the meaning of salvation and why Jesus died for us. Then one of the rescued became the teacher and drew a picture from the textbook on the board and explained that Jesus's blood bridged the gap so that we can be with God forever. Because of your financial gifts, the gospel is taking root. So enslaved victims are becoming survivors who are speaking forward the true message of freedom. Thank you, and this is what it's all about. Thank you, you are directly impacting the restoration of lives, families, and destinies. We could not do this without you. So you did this. This is you, yeah. Give God praise, you did this. This is making an eternal difference. Talk to those women, talk to those children whose lives have been changed. This is why we do what we do. You've seen this maybe even just the last couple of weeks if you've been here, but a lot of us are wearing these bracelets and we have more if you want some, but they say heaven full and hell empty. And we believe that's the vision God gave me before I even came to Houston. And we believe that that's our calling. Everything that we do in services, outside of services with missionaries, everything is focused, laser focused on that. We are vigilant, we are hyper-focused. That is just so one more person comes to know freedom in Jesus, that one more family is saved and set free, that, that one more just city and one more area, one more neighborhood would know the love of Jesus. It's why we exist. It's why we do what we do. And as we keep that our focus, we will get heaven full and hell empty. We will see people move from death to life. But you gotta be awake and you gotta be ready and you gotta know that signs are there. The boxes, many if not all, have been checked. 
And so the time is now for you and I to make a difference, to get involved in the church, to serve, to share our faith with those around us. The time is now, the time is now. Why don't you bow your heads with me, close your eyes. Jesus, I pray that you'd help us to be wide awake, to be hyper-vigilant, to be ready for your coming again, your second coming, your return, Lord. I pray, God, for those in our circle, our sphere of influence, friends and family and neighbors, maybe even children or grandchildren that don't know you, that don't know your love. Maybe they've heard a little bit about Jesus because we live in the belt buckle of the Bible belt, but there's no real relationships there. I pray, God, that you would use us, that this church would be wise, that we would shine like the brightness of heaven like stars forever and ever as we share our faith we put uh, we point people to you Jesus we don't have to know all the answers they're not even looking for all the answers they need hope they're hurting they're broken yeah they put on the facade that they're tough and and they're angry and all that stuff but they're really just hurting on the inside and they need your hope your love help us to be that kind of a church we see the signs we know the end is drawing near and we're not fearful, we have faith that you wanna use us to impact our city and well beyond that for the gospel. And in doing that, and this is so powerful, in spreading the gospel, we actually speed your return, Lord. So may we partner with you as we desperately want you to come again. We need you. And God, I pray lastly, it's why this service has been the way it is. It's why this church exists. I pray lastly for anybody in this room or online that maybe he's on the fence with you, Jesus. My job is not to convince them, Holy Spirit, you convict and you tug and you pull on their heart just like you did on mine. And God, they can come to you just as they are and you will heal them, you will restore them, you reveal your love day after day. And I pray in this holy moment that they would wrestle with that big decision Will I choose Jesus or not? You won't make them choose you, but you do extend the free gift, the free offer. And so right now they got no more excuses. This is a choice in front of them, pivotal. Death or life, hell or heaven, to choose you or not choose you. And I pray Jesus that there'd be many in this service that would give their life to you just like I have that would surrender all, that would put their faith in you. Yeah, it's gonna take faith. You can't get rid of faith. It's gonna be there. They would give their faith and their trust to you, make you their personal Lord and Savior. And you can do that right now. Heads bowed, eyes closed. You can surrender your life to Jesus. I know you don't know all the answers, but he is the answer. He's the one that you need. So right now you can whisper to him, just talk with him. He wants a relationship with you to say, Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross so that I could be forgiven of my sins. I believe that you rose from the dead so that I could have victory. And I ask Jesus, you've got to ask him this to be saved. Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of my sin, to clean me up from the inside out. I realize now as you're showing me, I, I can't work my way to you. And so you came to me and you did the work on the cross once and for all. So Jesus, I accept the gift of salvation. Thank you for your grace and your mercy and your love that are being poured out on me right now. Thank you, God, that you are writing my name in that book we read about. It's called the Lamb's Book of Life.
that when you come back again, I will be with you forever. Thank you, God, for the hope that we have in you. Hope has a name, and his name is Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for healing and setting free. Thank you for the work that you've done today. We're not fearful. We have faith because we believe we're on the winning side. And God, if you are for us, who can be against us? God, we're for you. We thank you for what you've done. And we ask all this and pray all this in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for listening today. If you made a decision for Jesus Christ or if your life has been impacted in any way, please send us an email at info at We would love to hear your story. And for those that committed your life to Christ, we want to help you on your new journey by sending our free Start Bible Kit in the mail. If you'd like to partner with us financially, simply click on the Give tab at ChristCove.net. There it will take you to a safe and secure page where you can set up a one-time or recurring gift to help us accomplish our vision, heaven full and hell empty. And as always, you can find out more about Christ Covenant on our website or on Facebook or Instagram at Christ Cove Houston. 